Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shurim and Dafyomi. My name is Yitzchak at Shalom. We're now on Masachat Babakama Daftet Amud Bet, uh, about to begin our study of the second Mishnah of the Masachat. And as in the first Mishnah, it is clearly a very old Mishnah and uses um, somewhat sketchy phrases, almost like mnemonic phrases. Literally translation, literal translation is anything that I'm obligated to watch, I have prepared the Nezek. What this ends up meaning is anything for which I have liability. Uh, if it does damage, then any damage that it does, I'm considered the one who has enabled it. In other words, by failure to watch it properly. Now, if I if I enabled some part measure of the nezek of the damage, then I become obligated to pay for it as if I'd enabled the entire thing. We will see what that means tomorrow. We're not even going to touch the rest of the Mishnah because it'll be a few days or a few podcasts before we get to it, uh, before we get to the analysis in the Gemara. And for this podcast, we will focus on the first line. So skip to the Gemara. So now we see an, an example given about the line in the Mishnah. If you hand a shore over to an, in, uh, an incompetent, or you will give the guarding of a boar over to an incompetent, and damage was done, you have to pay. This is untrue about Aish. Now, let's see what we are talking about. We're talking about a ox that's tethered or a pit that's covered. And you say in such a case, if they somehow let the shore get loose and let the boar get uncovered and do damage, then your chayav, what's the parallel case of Esh? Gachelet, giving an ember to them. So, why should you be obligated in either case? After all, you handed, you essentially had something over which could not do damage. It must be that we're talking about a case of an ox that wasn't tethered and a uh, an uncovered pit, uh, which clearly was negligent to hand such things over to an incompetent. The same thing, if you hand a, glow, a real fire, like a torch, over to a uh, to an incompetent, your chayav also mashen kim beish to patur. When do we say that if you hand over a fire to an incompetent and then he causes it to go your patur? That's if you gave him an ember or a glowing coal and he inflamed it. But if you hand over a flame and he touches some flammable stuff, then your chayav my time at because the nezek is very clear and very obvious. All right. So what's our case where we said shore and bore your chayav? If you hand it over to the incompetent and do the damage, but Aish not. So they all Mishor Kashur We have to go back to the first example, the first possibility, which is a tethered ox or a covered boar. What's the parallel in the case of Aish Kachelet? So you asked why in the case of the shore and the boar, you chayav. We understand why you're patur in the case of the ember. The answer is shore, darche lintuke. Uh, this seems to be a, also a little bit of a mnemonic. Uh, it is typical for the ox, if left uh, by himself, 
that he's going to ultimately uh, untether himself, and a the covering of a pit ultimately will cave in, or will uh, will go away. Right. On the other hand, on the other hand, a coal, if you leave it alone, it goes out. In other words, if you take the incompetent out of the equation, you just left the shore and the boar and the ash by themselves. The shore would eventually get free. The boar would eventually become uncovered and therefore become active mazikin. On the other hand, the coal would eventually go out. And so therefore, if you hand the tied shore the t- or the covered boar over to the cherishet of the cotton and then come back to check often enough at what's going on, then it's going to do damage anyways. On the other hand, the coal really shouldn't do damage and the, the cherish went out of his way to inflame it. That's why there's damage to your patur. Now, Rabbi Yochanan says in every case your patur, unlike Rish Lakish, even if you handed him a flame, then our parallel is an untethered shore and an uncovered boar. So So how come in the case of the shore and boar yechayav, and in the case of the shalhavit yerpatur corner biyochanan, the answer is hatam tzav to the cherish kagarim. When the incompetent, the cherish, for instance, took the the stick, it's his waving it or pushing it. He enabled the flame further. You wouldn't say that about the shore and the boar. The shore is already a shore. The boar is already a boar. He just didn't didn't watch the cover, didn't watch the tether long enough. It happened in uh, of its own. Okay, Tanarabanan. And we're now in this bright to going to compare shore, boar, and ash, which we just compared previously. We're going to compare them to see what the chumra of each one is. So let's compare boar and shore. What's the chumr of shore? First of all, if a shore kills a person, the owner has to pay kofer, the ransom fee. If a shore kills a slave, he has to pay a class of 30. If the shore has been uh, convicted, as it were, of killing, then the shore niskal, you know, they get benefit from it, etc. As far as its character goes, it is typical for a shore to go and do damage. Mashain came aboard. Boar doesn't do that. None of those things are true about a boar. There's no kofar if a person dies there. There's no shloshim shlavet if an evid dies there. There's no point at which a boar is also hana. It's a sort of a silly notion. And of course, it is a stationary nezek. What's the chum of boar? Shahabor From the get go, a boar is a mazik. In other words, when you dig it, it's a mazik. Which is sort of connected to that, which is, it is immediately muad, and there is no din of tam in the case of a boar. Masha'en ken b'shor. Alright, that's one set of comparisons. Now, chom b'shor mi b'esh. Let's compare shore and esh. And the other one is If you hand a shore over to an incompetent and then it goes does damage, as we saw earlier, either a tethered or untethered shore, depending on whether is how we read it. Um None of those things are true about Aish. Kofer, and also, as we saw earlier, either the Gachelet or the Shalhevet, he handed over to Cher Shet Vakatan, your potter. Eish is Muad, like Boar from the get go. Okay, but you can't compare, you can't contrast them in their in their mobility because both of them are mobile mazikin. Chum be'ish The last uh, pair to compare is Asian boar. 
Why is Bor Mechomor? Go back to what we said earlier. From the get go, it's a mazik. And again, if you hand if you hand the guardianship, the entrust the guardianship of the Bor to an incompetent, you're chayav. It's a mobile, a moving nezek. That we have to pay attention to. The boar is muad to devour or to destroy. Um, sorry, the ash is muad to devour or destroy that which is fit for it, and even things which are not fit for it. We'll see what that means. Mashain came to boar, which is not true about boar. Now let's see what all that means. That's the bright. Why don't we make another comparison or contrast between shore and bore? In the case of shore, if a shore damages vessels, remember we said, in the context of bore. So the answer is, the author of the Brighton might be Rabbi Yehuda. We saw this already once. That Rabbi Yehuda says, you are chayav for nizkei kelim in a bore. So, I Rabbi Yehuda, but the author can't be Rabbi Yehuda. Why? Because if it were, Amos Seif, a look at the next one. Chom be'esh min be'bor, the third set, compare and contrast the esh to bor. Sha'esh darka lechol azik, mo'alachol ben davar u'ila, ben davar she'en ra'u'ila. And I mentioned a minute earlier that we'd get to and analyze what this means. That esh is mu'ad to devour that which is fit for it and that which is not fit. Hashem came bor. Now, davar u'ila, what do we think that is? My nehu'etzim, that's wood. Aish uh, will devour wood. What are things that are not fit for it? Kalim, we think that's vessels. Vessels are not fit for an Aish. Nonetheless, if the Aish burns vessels, you're chayab. Masha'in came to bore. And we said, that's not true about bore. Wait a second. You're saying that you're not chayab for Kalim and a bore? But you just got through trying to suggest that Rabbi Yehuda is the author here. You're Rabbi Yehuda, Hamar Nechayvai, Rabbi Yehuda, on this Kalim bore. And Rabbi Yehuda is the one who says you are chayab for Kalim. And that's why we put him in here. So the answer is that our Brita is Rabbanan, and the reason that they left out Kalim as a Chumrah of Shor over Bor is Tanavashir. They left something out. Now remember the rule of Tanavashir. The a, a Tana, when he gives a list, might leave some items off the list, but he will never leave one item off the list. If he leaves one item off the list, the conclusion you'll come to is it doesn't belong there. If he leaves several items on the list, then you'll understand that your list is not exhaustive, it's simply examples. So you now have to have to ask my shear to high shear. What else did you leave off that you can explain that this was left off, not to exclude it, but just because it's examples? The answer is shear tamun. He also left off the issue of tamun be'esh. Remember, if, if the the sheet of Rabbanon against Rabbi Yehuda is that if there's a fire and it burns things which are buried, you're not chayav for them, and therefore it left that out as a chumra of shore over esh. The shore is chayav b'tamun. And borovish. Now, that's one answer. So the Rabbanon, so the author could be Rabbanon, and they left out Tomun as a Chumrah of Shore over Aish, and they also left out Kalim as a Chumrah of Shore over Bor. No, Leolam, Rabbi Yehuda. Maybe the author is Rabbi Yehuda. But Davashen Ra'uila, Lav Latuya Kalim, said, don't read Davashen Ra'uila as Kalim. When we said H devours that which is fit for it and that which is not fit, that which is fit is Eitzim, that's clear. That which is not fit is vessels. That what is furrow and rocks, which if it singes, you hire for that also. Those are certain things that, that an H, that a fire can't normally devour. 
Okay, so we've got the possibility that Rabbi Yehuda is still the author. Matgev Rashi, or Rashi then challenges, says, If that's the case, then you should teach the shores. In, by the way, in that read, there is no shior, there's nothing left out. If you were Makdish an animal, and then you were Podet, or, and you weren't, an animal was Hektish, and then you were Podet, and then, um, that shore was, go- was gored by another animal, then you are Chayev. However, there's a mute, which is that if it falls in the boar, you're not Chayev. So there's another Chumrah. So, if you accept that that bright is Rabbanon, so the answer is very simple. Sure, they left out Tamun, and they left out Kaelin, and left out this also. But if you say that it's Rabbi Yehuda, my shear, the high shear, what else did he leave out? Well, you just got through saying that he wasn't leaving it out, and according to Yehuda, this is a complete list. The answer is Shear Dash Beniro. No, we'll have to say according to Yehuda, it's also an, a non exhaustive list, and he left out if an animal. Um, um, it, while while uh, furrowing damages the ground, which he's chayev for in uh, in in the case like uh, as shore, but such a thing is not possible with boar. So imishim dash benira lav shiurahu. That's not a shear, right? The Brighta said, that's the Chumr of Shore, that a Shore walks and does damage. That's Dash Beniro, so that's already included. So we seem to come to the conclusion that the author of the Brighta is not Rabbi Hudetz Rabbonon, and the, we have Tan of and he left out three things. He left out Tomun as a Chumr of Shore over Esh. He left out Kalim as a Chumr of Shore over Bor. And he left out... Um, um as a chumra of shore of Rabor. Okay, so I left three things out. Okay, the second um, piece we're going to look at is that the Mishnah said that if um if I if I if the person enabled some of the Nezek He's chayav to pay as if he enabled all of the nezek. Now watch this. Tanar Rabbanan. That's the line. Ketzad. And now the expansion. What's the example? And the only example. And that's going to be the key here. Hachofer bor tisha. If a person digs a pit that's nine tefachim deep. Another guy came and dug the tenth tefach. Hacharon chayav. The last guy is chayav for all the nezakim. Udelo karebi. And that doesn't follow Rebbe, meaning our Mishnah is not like Rebbe. The Tanya Hachofer Bor Tisha Vacherish the Molasarachon Chayav. That's the Brita. Rebbe Omer Acharon the Mita. The last guy is Chayev if the animal that falls in dies, because remember it can't die if it's less than ten. If it does, that's in, that's near Chayav. But if it's damaged, then they're both responsible because even nine would cause damage. You'd be Chayev for it. Okay, so now. The first way to look at it is that our Mishnah does not accord with Rebbe, because the only example that we can find where enabling part of the Nezek, as if you enabled the entire thing, is um, is the case of digging 9, and then somebody else digging the 10th, and Rebbe in that case would say that, uh, that they're both Chayav. So, said, you know what? Our Mishnah could be referring to the case Legabe Mita, Legabe Death, and there everybody agrees. Ikadami, by the way, some people actually took that as the, the first approach. Lehman Alok Rebbe suggests that our Mishnah is not like Rebbe. And Papa, Lamita, Papa said, no, 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 it's Lamita. And it's without going through this as a question.
Now, Matkif the Rabbi Zeira, now we're going to have several challenges, saying there are other examples of, uh, of enabling the final step in a Nezek and taking on the Chiyu for everything. Aren't there anymore? If you handed your shore over to five people to watch, and one of them was negligent and it did damage, he's chayav. So you see, he was, was, as it seems, only one-fifth of the guardian, and yet by being machshir, some of the nezek, he's chayav for everything. So hechidami, let's think about it. How did this, how does this case play out? If you say that all five of them are responsible, and without five guys watching this ox, it wouldn't work. Certainly he's chayav, because he's the one who did it. You need all five. One guy steps away, it all falls apart. It must be that he could be watched without all five. So my COVID, then he didn't do anything. Imagine this, if an ox needs one person to hold on to him and you hand him over to five, the first four guys to walk away are okay. So in that case, um, he, you, he wouldn't be chayab. Right? There's another possibility. There's possibility number two, which is when there's a fire going and you throw on some more flammable material. So hechidami, what's the case? If the fire could not move forward without that extra stuff, so pshita, obviously you're chayav. Without you, there's no nezek. It must be that it's a fire that could move without that. So my kavi, then you, what did you do? Now, madgar papa, or papa then challenges, number three, now the first two were just suggestions of cases where you maybe you're chayav, so you're not chayav. But here we have a bright that says as follows. Five guys sat on a bench, didn't break it. A sixth guy came and sat down, and then it broke. The last guy's chayev. He pointed to himself. He was evidently uh, somewhat big. He said, like me. So, what's the case? If, without the sixth guy sitting on it, it wouldn't have broke. Pshita. Obviously, he sat and he broke it. No, it must be a case where it would have broken with just the five of them. So my COVID, then he didn't break it. Uh, so, okay, good. So that means that we rejected that and explained why that would not fit our model. But but remember, unlike the first two challenges, this one is a ruling in a brighta. So how do we explain the brighta? So the answer is that he sped up the breaking. In other words, the five guys knew that they had a two-hour limit on the bench, and then it would break. They said that he got up soon. In the meantime, he came along, and because he sat down, it broke quicker. They, would have, they said to him, If it weren't for you coming along, you would have sat a little longer, and then gotten up, knowing the bench had a limited shelf life, as it were. So, why doesn't he say to them, If it weren't for you guys, it wouldn't have broken if I sat on it. It's only because you guys were already there. So we all contributed together. So, here's the case, that he leaned on it, and then it broke. Pshita, so it's obvious. That's the answer. In other words, here's how it plays out. This, by the way, is not at all uh, an, another example that should fit our model of and the only one we have is digging the 10th tefach. But, the explanation for his chiyuv here is, the five guys were sitting on a bench. He came and leaned on the bench, didn't sit on it, and it broke. You have reason to think that his his push of his body is not like his body itself. The answer is that it is. 
Anything that his body would break, his pushing or his strength or his weight would break. Okay, last one, Vitu Leika, there are no other examples. Vaika Aditanya, Hiku Asaramane Adam Besamaklot. If ten guys hit him with ten sticks, whether they hit him all at once or one after the other, and he died, Kulam Pturin. They're all Pater, because they all contributed a part. He said, no, if they hit him in order, the last guy's Chayav, he's the guy who killed him. He's the one who made him die quicker. So the answer, one answer of why that explanation, that exa- that why that case is not given as an example in our Brayta, is Biktaylo Lokomayri. Our Brayta is not talking about death; it's talking about Nazikin. perhaps it is talking about. It would be willing to talk about death, but Biplugta Lokomayri didn't want to pick a case which is subject to dissent or dispute, which is Rabbi and Metera. But in the very beginning, the one case that is there about digging the tenth tefach is a machlokot with Rabbi. The answer is the Makminan. If you have a a case where you're ruling against Rebbe and Karabanan, that you don't mind doing because Halacha Karabim. who was a very significant rabbi for Lo Karabanan that's still considered to be much too much of a machloket for for anybody who wants to give, uh, shall we say, a clean uh, presentation to present, and therefore he would be willing to present the. Tenth Tefach, even though Rebbe disagrees, but he wouldn't be willing to give the case of the tenth guy striking and killing the fellow who's been beaten up, because Rabbi Yehuda's dissenting voice is too strong of a disagreement. Okay, we'll hold off at this point and pick up at Chavti B'Tashlumi in the next podcast. Everyone should have a wonderful day.